Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of Untucked. Um, today we're going to talk about different fee structures for financial advisors. It's a common question we get asked. It's a common topic that a lot of advisors discuss. So we wanted to spend a little time kind of going through the options and offering some pros and cons to each. Then we're gonna discuss a scam that recently went viral. It, um, it happened to the financial advice columnist for The Cut and um, she wrote an article detailing the scam and we're going to react to it. And then we will wrap up with our top five. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 97 of Untucked. This is Megan. This is Mike. This is Jeff. Did you guys know that silly string was invented by complete accident? Like the guys that, like the chemists that were creating it were trying to create a, like an aerosol spray that can be sprayed like on broken and broken bones and like sprained ankles and stuff like that to like instantly cast them up. Oh. Like in an instant cast. Uh-huh. And instead of like, as they were like testing all like the nozzles, like one of the nozzles shot the string like 30 feet across the room and they were like, one dude was like, this should be like a toy. How cool would it be if it was actually silly string that made an instant cast on people? That would be that awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they That'd swung and missed toy. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you have to like set the bone first though? Yeah. There's some science involved in that. I don't think you just spray on like a broken bone. Yeah, but like for like hairlines, you know, when there's like no a hairline fracture. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay, cool. Is is this the worst time of Philly sports? What are you um, talking about? We don't talk about the Phillies in spring training. That's a rule. There's all this content around Bryce Harper and an extension already. We're not talking content. about content. They're all talking about it. Wow. They're talking about right. extending his contract now. Why would they do that? Because he's a stud, because he's like the man. But I thought I think he's Isn't got like, he like ten years or he's something. He's got like seven or eight years left. We don't have to talk about that. I just thought I thought you guys might have a hot take on, on that. No. I have no take. <clears throat> Wasn't aware. Flyers won a couple in a row, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're um, they're currently in the in a playoff they're spot. They're in the mix. They're in the mix. There's not a huge amount of like room for error because if they go on a little skid, the teams that are kind of behind them are not far behind them. So it's not it's not a not a layup by any means. But they're they're, they're currently in a playoff in. spot, yeah, right? Yeah, they're hanging in there. I don't how, think it's. Good. I'm sorry, Gavin. No, I'm just curious. How much longer of is the season? Twenty. Five games okay. or less, maybe twenty to twenty-five games, something like that. Okay, yeah. it's a different team. It's a different culture. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see the standard Flyers like skid, which is what they always do every year. They put like a stretch of like thirteen games together that are just <laughs> terrible. Yeah, they're they are. I mean, we said this before. They're they work hard. Like they don't give up, and they're kind of fun to watch. They're not like it's not like watching. 
you know, the Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews or Colorado with their stars or, or McDavid, it's, but they're, they work hard. It's, you kind of, you got to respect it. So I'm pulling for them. So there was a, um, on one of the talk shows this morning, they were talking about the Eagles specifically, but I'm ca- kind of curious your takes on this. And you can just cut this, Meg. If it's <laughs> completely, like, they were talking about the Eagles specifically. What, what do they need to fix more, talent or culture? And I was kind of like thinking, like, what do you think is more important to a team, talent or culture? Mm. In football, specifically. No, no, in, in sports. What it, like in as it applies to a team, a professional team. What do you think is more important, talent or culture? <clears throat> That's a good question. I think it, it depends on the sport. I don't think all of sports are the same answer. That's interesting. I think football is the quintessential team sport. Where I don't think I think like the individual talent means oh, I don't know. Then, then the, you can, yeah, you're right. You know, the Eagles hard. didn't it's win hard. the Super Bowl because of talent. Yeah, they won because of their culture, dude. With Doug Peterson, they were the like the ultimate team. And I think baseball is is talent, not culture at all. Baseball is the least team oriented sport. I don't know, man. The, the the Phils. You can you can like their you know their funness and all that. And but they made much, it to the World Series because they're ta- they have good players. Oh, well, of course you have good players. You're a professional. You're, they're all professional athletes. But they weren't expected to get to the World Series. Not even close. They squeaked into the playoffs. They beat the Braves. They beat two other teams. I forget. And then they made it to the World Series and almost freaking won it. Yeah, but there's like there's luck. There's momentum. I don't know. There's other things in there in that scenario. I feel like basketball's talent. I vote culture across all four sports. Hmm. I agree with you, mate. Because Best. they put together super teams in Miami with talent that didn't win, and they didn't win. They didn't win the first year. No, but they won the next two. But it took – they had to build the culture, man. Yeah, I disagree. Sixers I made it to the finals against the Lakers, not on talent. They had AI. Yeah, he was the best player in the league that year. He was the MVP that year. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Lakers had Kobe and uh, Shaq. Uh, Allen Iverson was the best player in the league. Can you name, like, four other people on the team? On the Sixers team? Yeah. I can probably give you the starting five. I don't think you can. Tyrone Hill, Eric Snow. Iguodala? He He wasn't on the team. He wasn't even on the team. So Iverson, Eric Snow, Tyrone Hill was four. Was Matumbo our five? Yeah. So I need a three? Yeah. (laughs) Do you know the answer? Do you have a guess? Is it George... um, Aaron McKee was a six man. Aaron McKee was a six man. Yeah, no, I don't know. All right, well. Anyway. <laughs> I vote culture. I, I think culture is the, like, cushy answer. Okay. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it matters, but I, I think maybe I'm not, I'm not sold on all four sports being the same. I think if you have talent, that doesn't mean you're going to win a championship. Because if you have talent and the culture is shit, I don't think they. I don't. I don't think you make it. But if you have culture and the talent, shit, you're not winning either. If you put together a baseball super team, let's just say that. Forget about like an all star, but like 
hypothetical, like the, an all-star team in baseball, they would win the World Series, hands down. No uh, the Phils did that. They, had, they were like, what, the five aces, the four aces? We had like the best pitchers in baseball. No. And they lost the World Series. I don't think they had the best four pitchers in baseball. They called them the four aces. And then they had, what was the, the other guy? The old guy, Jamie Moyer? No, no, no. He was, uh, he was a little heavier set. Oh, Blanton. Joe Blanton was yeah. our fifth. But there's eight other guys in every game that, <laughs> that matter. I think it's a good debate. Good debate, yeah. Tom. Yeah, okay. Um, there's nothing to report from the Sixers. All-star break is over. Joe's still hurt. Tyrese Maxey was a first-time all-star, which is cool. Um, Very cool. Didn't he win, like, the skills competition? No. He I was. He, he participated. Oh. He was not good. Oh, really? Um, there's a lot of drama right now around Doc Rivers. So Doc is the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And since they hired him, they've, I think they're like three and seven. Um, and J.J. Redick was on whatever talking head show he's on and basically called Doc out and was like, your his coaching style is very predictable and everybody should have seen this coming he holds nobody he holds everybody accountable except himself he points fingers he never takes responsibility yada 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 so then pat bev who is now a buck was a sixer said that doc saved jj's career so they're like fighting on social media wow and then austin rivers doc's son came to step in for Doc, and everybody was like, Austin, the only reason you matter is because he's your father. You stink at basketball. He gave you a career. Wow. It's, I mean, all of that probably doesn't matter to most people, but I find it hysterical because the Bucks are in the East, so seeing them implode is great, and then I have a personal vendetta against Doc Rivers right. because of the years he wasted of Joel Embiid's career. So all of this for me is very fun. So, and the fact that it's just not Sixers related is awesome. Did we go Pat Bev for Lowry, like straight up? No, we didn't. We signed Lowry on a, um, like a, he was released by Miami. Pat Bev went to Milwaukee for Cameron Payne, who is like another backup point guard. So wait, I want to get back to this. Austin Rivers, mm -hmm. are you saying he was in the NBA because of Doc and like he didn't deserve to be there otherwise? For the length of time, okay. yes. So nepotism <laughs> is alive and well, it, but not but not really in sport. It doesn't really exist in sports. It can't. No, I mean to the extent that like he went to Duke, he got drafted on his own, you know, talent, I suppose. But like he was on rosters because Doc was the coach of those teams. But like LeBron's kid will. Not playing the NBA if he's not good enough at on like as a player. He or might be the it'll exception. Be a publicity stunt because yes. he can play with LeBron for a, like a, a season or something. Right? So that I think is more likely. Yes, okay. but there's f pretty few players who have that kind of pull. LeBron's like might be one of one. Right. Hmm. Okay. Agreed. Cool. Good stuff. Moving on. Sure. Okay. Uh, so for Coach's Corner today, um, we wanted to talk about fee structures. It's one of the more common questions we get asked, and it's what do you charge? And we, of course, believe it's a good question, and that advisors should be able to answer simply and easily. Uh, but there are different ways in which advisors uh, charge their clients. So today we wanted to kind of 
go through maybe the pros and cons of some of these options, mostly to inform our listeners. Yeah, when we say like paying your advisor, we're not including like brokers or commissionable salespeople, right? No. Today we want to, sorry. Yeah, like life insurance agents like sell life insurance policies and get a commission based upon the premium that you pay. We're not including those types because I don't consider them like financial advisors. No. Today we want to focus on people who maybe do the financial planning and are compensated for that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people come to us and they say, like, I want, I need a financial plan. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they ne- even know. What that means. I mean, I think they know what that means. Like, I want you to build a plan for me that directs me in all facets of my finances and gets me on the right track. Where I think a lot of the public misses that is that those things don't just stop there. Like, it's very difficult to just build a financial plan for someone and say, here it is, and expect that their problem has been solved now. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that most of them have an expiration date to them in the sense that they need to be updated and managed and dealt with over time. That's So, like, yeah, is there value to having a one-time plan prepared for you? Sure. But then that value diminishes over time, like I'd say guaranteed for almost everybody. And quickly. Yeah. Like plans change very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, things happen in life. Like you build a plan. Hey, this is our budget. We're going to save this amount each month. We're going to put this into our 401k. And then next month the dishwasher goes and you got to come up with $1,200 that wasn't in the budget, wasn't in the plan. Uh, like we just met with a client this morning, like, and Meg asked them a great question, like, how, where do you prioritize like saving for college for your kids? Because you're putting fifty bucks a month in their five twenty nine plans, which isn't going to be enough. Well, we're doing a kitchen this year. Hmm. All right, well, are we doing a kitchen or is college more important? And like, ha- like those that th- just came up. So like, I think. There are people, there are plenty of advisors out there that will build a plan for you and give it to you. And that will definitely like get you on the right track or, or at least help you know where to start. I don't, I, me personally, I feel like if you're just not engaged with someone on a very regular basis, I, I think the plan is worthless. If you screw it up six, eight, 12 or 18 months later. Yeah. Or, we're also assuming in this scenario that you actually execute upon it. Like the, yeah. the mm-hmm. work required to then take the recommendations or the plan that's been built and actually do it. Change your 401k investments. Change the amount of money going to your 529 plans. Um, invest X amount of your emergency fund because maybe you have too much cash. Like there's a lot of work in terms of implementation that – without support or accountability from a partner in most cases probably doesn't get done yeah Uh, so that's that's one one option is paying a one-time fee to an advisor or financial planner who will do i'm sure decent discovery and learning and gathering facts and information and then the output is a one-time financial plan yep um the other, another. Can I, can I pause you there? Sure. And maybe you don't know the answer to this. 
what does an average advisor that does that like what do they charge for that what does that cost i don't know you have any idea mike two to five thousand <laughs> i mean and that's I think, what we charge but, that's but is what, that is that like street standard and other people's you know ADVs documents that they file that yeah talks about their pricing um and then you know they a lot of them say you know or more if it's a very complex situation right yeah mm-hmm. so our demographic i've seen that yeah where i've seen up to like ten thousand yeah. dollars for a one-time financial plan i don't know about maybe a younger demographic is probably a little lower um than that but yeah i think two grand is probably if you're getting kind of soup to nuts everything probably what the average person should expect to pay for a financial plan uh, so another one are we cool on one time yes yeah, sorry no that's okay um another another type of fee structure that's maybe more common in other um, industries is hourly so engaging with a planner who has an hourly rate and charges or bills you based on the time it takes to prep do and then you know follow up any kind of meetings or engagements what are our biggest um maybe what are the pros and cons of that model pro is there's no commitment you don't have like a long-term commitment you can probably try to come out of that engagement paying less than someone who charges a one-time planning fee um my opinion is you're probably going to get something a little less of value though <clears throat> and in my experience most people who engage um, with professionals on an hourly basis usually get frustrated at some point the consumer gets frustrated at some point yeah I would agree with that I think mm-hmm. you know in service industries like like an attorney you will you know they'll quote you their hourly rate they'll give you an estimate mm-hmm. of how what they think it's going to take. And that's because they're doing a very discreet job that has a beginning and an end. And that makes sense. You're not putting, you're typically not putting a, an attorney on like a retainer indefinitely because it's a very one and done kind of thing. It's a, it's a set of tasks that they complete for you and that's, that's it. Um, and even though like we, we do charge the one-time planning fee, it's never really done with the expectation that it's going to be one and done. I mean, we are expecting in most cases that they will be putting us on a more of a retainer type um, fee arrangement that is ongoing um, because of, I guess, some of the things you were mentioning about what well, we mentioned earlier, but also the, the expectation that we are going to be likely needed on an ongoing basis. Um, and I think getting back to the hourly question, I just think it's it, there is a debate. There's some people out there that argue strongly for the fact that advisors should just charge hourly for their time. Because why should they be tying their fees to like assets, a percentage of assets or, or what have you? And I feel strongly the other way on that. And we can get into that in a minute. But um, the hourly rate just I agree with you, Jeff. It diminishes, I think, the work product because. And I think we've seen this, or at least we've anecdotally heard this, that you, you get, not you get what you pay for, but you kind of get a maybe a watered-down product, an inferior product, if you're just looking to pay somebody hourly for, for, what, for what this is. I mean, this isn't 
drafting legal documents and that's it, you know? Yeah, when I dig into something for a client, whether it be, does it make sense to draw income from an IRA versus a non-IRA and I'm grabbing past tax returns and I'm projecting income for this year and I'm looking at the different accounts and their performance to see where, like I spend hours doing that. And mm-hmm. I never even once would have crossed my mind to be, okay, well, I got to get this done within the next 45 minutes. So I want to keep them to one hour of bill time. Like I just don't think about it. And I don't know how much time I spend doing. I just do it until it's done correctly. Right. And then present it to the client. They find some maybe flaws with it or have some other alterations they want to make with it. I go back and spend more hours and more time. Um, again, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I know the way that we do it. I like the way we do it. I think it's fair. Um, a lot of people would not agree with me. Like, I think if we're managing a million dollars worth of wealth for someone and we're their investment managers and we're their financial planners and we're answering every and all question that they have related to financial planning, I do not think 12 to 13, 12 to $15,000 a year for that service is too much. I think it's absolutely warranted. And in a lot of cases, I think we're underpaid when I think about the amount of time and expertise and value that we bring to people. But uh, there's it's a ton the of- ongoing nature of it. And I get back to that, like realtors arguably should be charging by the hour because there's a beginning, middle and end to a transaction. It, it, it starts and it finishes. And whether it's a million dollar house or a five hundred thousand dollar house, arguably the work is the work and it's time based. And you could make the case. I think that it should be an hourly fee instead of a percentage of the, of right. the price. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Sometimes they work and it's like they, they just made a bunch of money for doing nothing. And other times they work their asses off and make nothing on it. It's a wild, it's a wild way to do business to me. What do you mean make nothing on it? Like, like nothing happens? No, yeah. They, yeah. nothing happens oh, yeah. or okay. the people decide they want, they don't want to buy a million dollar house. Right. They buy a $350,000 right. house and they spent a year showing them properties every Saturday to make what? One and a half percent? After you get your three percent and the house takes one and a half? Like it's crazy to me. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like, That's a whole nother subject. Yeah, a whole nother. Because <laughs> that, that whole uh, business model is getting kind of blown up, like as we speak. On the surface, when someone says you guys should charge hourly, like I, I can get on board with that. Like I, I can under, I shouldn't say I can get on board with that. I can understand why they would think that way. Just, just build the plan. Just charge me hourly. Just, if I need you, I'm going to reach out again in the future and charge me hourly. When you don't have, so this is my issue with the hourly. There's no, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Accountability. When Melissa and I make a financial decision, we know we're going to have to answer to Megan within three months or six months. And a lot of times when we have to make a financial decision, I say to her, well, let's ask Megan. Or she says to me, let's ask Megan. There is a shit ton of value Mm -hmm. in that. Otherwise, we do it on our own and we end up screwing up the plan or making bad decisions. And if you're listening to this, you're one of those people like, well, I, I I know everything. Well, then great. Do it on your own. Don't engage anyone. Don't ask a professional. But most people don't, right? Like most people don't know how to do this. They don't have the years of experience of dealing with everything that we deal with. And when you don't have that in, that insight, it usually leads to missing something. And missing something in our business means dollars. 
like the clients we met with this morning, 75 grand sitting in a checking account. That's yeah. gonna sit there till July or August. I'm like, look, if you move it to a money market, you're gonna make $1,500 on that. Yeah, and that's my biggest issue with people that argue against asset-based fees. They say, well, it doesn't take twice the time to serve a $4 million client than a $2 million client, but the consequences of the are advice are worth twice that amount, right? The, whether it's you know money or dollars you're saving or adding to the, um, to the returns, whatever it is that you wanna call it, it's twice as valuable for that reason. So I don't understand the, I mean, I understand, like you said, I understand people that would think, well, let me just pay you for your time. But the benefits or the cost avoidance are, are, so, are so valuable that it's not captured in an hourly rate. It's just not. Uh, and if it was truly, it would probably end up being close to what yeah. like the, the AUM model Correct. would end up being like yeah. if you if you charged a fair hourly rate and did exactly what you're describing Jeff all of the kind of reactionary work that we do all of the preparation work we do and then the ongoing nature of um of these relationships i mean i i i would venture to guess that for our clients who pay us the most AUM or hourly the numbers wouldn't be that much different yeah yeah and we talked about this I think before which is that there is a qualitative element to it where people feel a lot of people feel peace of mind knowing that we are yes there or here on top of things watching things monitoring things bringing things up being proactive and not waiting for the phone call to come from the other side which, you know, would be the hourly person. I guess that's where I get to that, like, 10 to 15 grand a year for the million-dollar client. Seems fair enough. Again, I think there's lots of instances where I feel underpaid. But I think that takes into account the qualitative stuff, the things you just talked about, Meg, or the peace of mind stuff. Um, so can you find people that will do a one-time sure can you find people that will do hourly sure i find a lot of flaws with that i don't think it has to be the aum model i think it's either that or you find someone that says hey if you want me to be your planner or you want our team to be your planner it's going to cost a flat fee of yeah. fifteen thousand. Right. and we do that too and it's just a retainer. some sort of retainer yeah, model. Th- yeah but but the retain it's if if someone's going to say it's a thousand dollars to be your comprehensive financial planner for an entire year you're not going to get any value out of that correct it's worth way more than that yeah 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 that's the biggest point i think to me so it ain't a grand dude right there's no way (laughs) like it just doesn't that that, that's not going to happen yeah and and thinking about the the value to the cost like with your wealth, with your future, with your goals. Like a thousand bucks is all you would want to spend. Yeah. <laughs> so the third, which we've we've alluded to, is kind of the retainer style, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. We predominantly use an asset based fee. So the fee we charge is based on the value of the assets we manage per client but we do have flat fees arrangements we do have the kind of different like a subscription style with our new wealth clients so i think we in our experience have found that like optionality is good right being able to cater the fee structure to our clients and their unique situations seems to be well received 
but the majority of our clients easily, comfortably, and confidently pay our fee without bitching about the dollars and cents of it. Correct. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And that's because of the value, hopefully, that they feel like they're getting over the course of our arrangement. Yeah, and some of it is measurable. Some of, some of it isn't. Yeah. And you're either on board with that or you're not. And if yeah. you're not, there are plenty, like there's people out there that will do the hourly. Yeah. I don't know what they charge. I would imagine it's probably like a buck fifty to 300 an hour. I wouldn't charge less than that, but like a buck fifty to three hundred an hour to have someone hourly put together your plan, and then just—I mean, for the people that are well disciplined and well versed in this stuff and know what they're talking about and have nothing else to do, and can remain completely unemotional about their lives and their financial well-being—that's <laughs> a good arrangement. Robots. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting. I would love to. On I, I, every time that I talk to a consumer, people that are like looking for financial services. I, I'm always like, like, what do you what do you think it's worth? Like, what do you think you should pay? And I, I mean, no one has been able to say, I think it's worth this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's like, this is the argument again from the from the anti percentage uh, people, which is that, well, it doesn't cost you x to deliver the service. So I should just pay what it costs you like, and that's not it's about the value you get. Like we don't sit here and calculate what our hourly rates are and then try to figure like it's, it's the value that's being delivered. I think that's the important question. Not like, well, what does it cost you? How many hours a year do you spend on my, my situation? I mean, it's going to vary year to year even, but it's, it's, you know, that's just, it's a different, it's just so much different than, you know, the like back to the other examples of like a lawyer or a realtor, the, like they're, they're just different. There's they're delivering something that measuring the value of what they do is, is just very different than what mm-hmm. I think that what we do. And I'm biased to say that, but I think it's very true. Yeah. I mean, if you had a lawyer, what are the lawyers called that? Like, well, like if you get sued yeah, like, or if like you on get, contingency and they like, take 30 percent of the settlement. Like I. <laughs> yeah. If I was like a celebrity, I would have lawyers on retainer <laughs> that if I did anything wrong, you're just going to like sweep that under the rug for me. And I'd pay, oh, that, oh, that, yeah. right, I'd pay a ton that of money kind of for lawyer. that. Like, like you're talking like Ray Donovan. <laughs> like I'd pay a ton for that. And yeah. part of that payment is for peace of mind. Yeah. And you can't value that like to a dollar and cents. It's just people charge what they charge to provide that peace of mind for you. And some people either want it or they don't. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think while we are biased to the way we've done it and continue to do it, I also think we're open-minded. And as, you know, the industry maybe changes or as the what's communicated to us from consumers about what they're comfortable with and what they want, I mean, that's the beauty of being independent. We can make those decisions on our own. Um, we've just found what works, and we don't, again, we don't get – pushback and the people who push back just don't work with us yeah and that's okay i like that the industry has all the options for people to choose and it's not as dirty as the industry was like 15 years ago cool talking about scams now Hmm. (laughs) the day i put fifty thousand dollars in a shoebox and handed it to a stranger i never thought i was the kind of person to fall for a scam this is written by charlotte cowles she writes for the cut She is actually their financial advice columnist, and she fell victim to an elaborate scheme, a scam, 
that resulted in her physically handing $50,000 to her scammers. And she wrote this article about it. Um, the reaction on Twitter specifically was pretty wild. I'm not what sure what was how. the reaction on Twitter? It was basically 50% in the camp of you're an idiot. Charlotte, you're a moron. <laughs> and then 50% in the camp of this could happen to anyone. And both camps fighting each other about why they're right. So typical Twitter results. Um, but that was. So I read, I, I didn't know any of that because I don't know how to use Twitter. Um, <laughs> I've I'm, given multiple lessons. <laughs> I read, as I'm reading the article, I, was, I tried to check my ego at the door and I found myself just continuing to go back and forth. I'm like, my God, that's a, t- that's a total red flag. Like you would never, but then I found myself going, I don't know, man. Like I, you get emotional. They know stuff. You get tricked. Like, yeah, I think it can happen. Yeah, there were definite red flags. Sure. Like when they tell you you can't tell anyone. It's kind of like the first note, but especially lawyers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but as much as we say that, as much as we know, as much as we've heard it before. They're going to come at you a different way that you're used to hearing about. And you can fall victim to it. And then after the fact, you're going to look at all of the steps and you're going to go, yeah, that was pretty obvious. But you just hadn't heard it before. Yeah. Like she hadn't heard of this before. And the fact that they knew her social, the last four of her social, the fact that they knew her kid's name maybe or like where you went to school, yeah. like that made it real for her. And I think if if you're if you read that article and you're like yeah but she's an idiot like you 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 think too highly of yourself man and the scammers are good and they're gonna come up with something that since you think you're indestructible they'll probably get you yeah I'll link the article in case anybody listening wants to read it but the summary is that she Charlotte received a phone call that was. Um, was from Amazon, at least she thought it was from Amazon. And that started a series of um, conversations with people claiming to be from the FTC, claiming to um, want to support her through what they called was a dangerous scam, like event for lack of a better word. Um, And ultimately their suggestion because they were telling her that they had to freeze her assets to protect her their suggestion was to liquidate a certain amount of money and give it to them and then she would be reimbursed in the in the form of a treasury check put it in a shoebox yes tape it write your case number on it your name sign it date like and then wait outside on the street for someone to come pick it up yep in a tinted in, in a tinted windowed car. Yes. Don't talk to the driver. Don't look at the driver. Hand it to the person in the back seat. So Jeff, I I hear what you're saying, but this part of it for me is like the dead giveaway. If you don't understand at this point that this is not legit, then I, I, I I'm sorry. It you was know? dude, and it I I guarantee I don't want to say I guarantee, but they did it on Halloween. They knew she had a young kid. She's going to be, like, I'm sure that was intentional. Mm-hmm. She's oh, going yeah. to be distracted, right? The moms are the ones that take the kids around the neighborhood, or maybe they even knew she did from past Facebook pictures. Who yeah. knows? 
when they when they went as deep as to be like your identity has been stolen and here's our CIA agent that you're talking to that identity is linked to drug trafficking yep. murders money laundering money laundering like your name and your identity is in the shit right now so if you tell anyone I'm sure they said it a way more professional like if you tell anyone you're going to endanger all those people yeah, I mean, we're, we, we've heard of that before, so we know that, yeah, that's a dead giveaway. But maybe that wasn't as known when she went through this. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I, I liked, I'm, I'm maybe in the camp of thinking too highly of myself because, I mean, even something as simple as like answering a phone, com- a phone call from a number I don't know, I don't do. Mm-hmm. Amazon saying there's fraudulent activity and there's nothing on my credit card and nothing on the account. Like, I'm going to hang up this call. And again, I know that it escalated way more seriously from there and there was information shared that would probably trigger, like, the scare tactic to the nth degree. But to me, like, those first two things are so easily avoidable. Your credit card has no additional activity and your Amazon account has, like, hang up the phone. You're good. But the guy and I'm the, oversimplifying. The I'm guy sure. from the FTC called her, gave her a badge number, and then she said, "How do I know you're even real?" He goes, "Go to their website, get their phone number. We're gonna hang up. I'm gonna call you right back." He did. The caller ID was that number. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that can make you start to believe. Totally, I, yeah. I don't disagree with that whatsoever, and I'm not suggesting that this couldn't happen to a lot of people. The way in which it started just feels so avoidable to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know, and we all know, um, people who have gotten scammed by the usual standard, you know, I'm from Microsoft, I need your passwords, and I'm going to fix your computer, you know, or the email from Nigeria or whatever, (laughs) you know, like those. But I I throw Nigeria under the bus. What? It's always a Nigerian yeah, prince. Yeah, it was the prince. It's or always. Whatever. I don't know if it actually is, but that's the anecdote everybody. <laughs> I don't think Ni- Nigeria has a prince, do they? <laughs> Unless sure. they're like trying to take all your passwords and your identity and your information and empty. It usually does involve a. I need you to pay me now. I'm going to pay you back. Whatever. But I think I predict, like the days of those little basic scams are going to look so quaint because of oh. AI, yeah. where they're going to be impersonating a friend or a family member's voice with a phone call and a, you know, and a crisis where you need to, like, I think it's just going to get really, really bad. Government agencies, though, like, rule of thumb, they don't call you. Yeah, they don't. Like, you're not, the FTC is not going to call you. The IRS is not going to call you. They will track you down in letter form, like we're in 1912. (laughs) But, like, just, like, keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah. Now, that's not the AI piece of it is scary for sure. I mean, people are saying like families should have safe words. So yeah. if I call my mom and say I need 50 grand, she's got to say, Meg, what's the safe I, word? I could not agree more. You know, it's like and that's a level of of safeguarding that most people don't even think about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Now, I was I was I felt bad for her. Yeah. Um, yes, I think there were a ton of red flags, but. I can completely understand in the moment. Like, Melissa was getting a new credit card. And then, like, a day later, someone from the credit card company called her because there was an 
issue or something going on with her like application and it wasn't them dude and she gave them everything because it was like middle of the day yep i just i just i just did this i just did this sung like a canary i mean when i tell you mom's maiden name <laughs> passwords like everything yeah. like three minutes yeah. later some i got an e i got a text message you just tried to log into your vanguard account and i didn't yeah. they did so yeah i i I tend to feel like, yes, as obvious as it all seems after the fact to totally. all of us, yes. I think any one of us are just as capable of falling into that trap, man. I'm with you. I think my only rebuttal to that is in the opening parts of the article, she's describing herself as this like money savvy columnist <laughs> who interviews all of these people and follows their advice. Like, like yeah. I'm not the dumb one. And I'm just like, well, that's now you're, you're the sympathy you were trying to extract from readers. You just lost. You're it. losing it. <laughs> the, I, the way I interpret that, she said, I'm like known to be fairly level headed. Like a level-headed person. Level-headed is what she said. Yeah. But then it was like, I interview like very successful. Meaning, that, Meaning what? Meaning that, that I'm smarter than this I is what like, she meant. She doesn't like none of this, like this kind of stuff isn't like completely brand new to her. It's not like they're speaking another language. Like she understands it a little bit. I t interpret it as like, I'm the one who thought this wouldn't happen to me. Man, girl on girl crime. It's <laughs> hard on her. <laughs> All right, let's get into our top five. I had I had a really hard time with this. Really? Yeah. There's just so many people. Yeah, and it's it's real people, correct? You couldn't yeah. do like character. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So top five people, dead or alive, you'd want to have a beer with. I mean, I could like there were so many like. I don't want to like steal anyone. Just so, go. It just yeah, just go. You can start then. Well, I don't I don't want to use this one, but like. I want uh, Adolf Hitler because I'm just going to freaking strangle him to death like immediately and save millions of people. Okay, like, that's not how this that's works. That's not how that, no. okay. So no. like that, take that. Have a beer with, not murder and okay. change the course right. of history. Right. One thing. <laughs> all right, all right. So, I got another list for that. <laughs> Two lists. I'll add to it. You're going to get complete openness, disclosure, yes. stories, whatever it is you're looking for, you're going to get. That's, Any that's question I, you yeah, ask yeah, gets yeah. answered honestly. Okay. All right, I'll just So Adolf it. Hitler's fair. In yeah, but sense. no, I don't want to have a beer with Adolf okay. Hitler. I don't care. You're not allowed to change history. No. Yeah, okay. So no butterfly I'm not allowed to change history, here. I have a separate list for that. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. I have Adele, Jackie Robinson, Betty White, Richard Pryor, and Bob Marley. It's a good list. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. I like it. That's not bad. That's good. I think <laughs> Betty White might be my one, my number one. Really? Oh, my God, yeah. Can you imagine having a beer with yeah. Betty White? You'd get some stories. She's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> I got OJ. I thought Ooh, of him. Oh, that's I a good one. I thought of him, yeah. That's a Just good one. Again, like, I was going to try like, to change dude, history. Really? Like what? Like, <laughs> I was going to try to change history. Gonna gonna yeah. Change. <laughs> um, I had to throw a hot. I got Wayne Gretzky in there for hockey only oh, because God. he's an absolute story machine and he remembers everything. Like literally, he's he, he can recount everything. Okay. So, Just I've obviously heard him tell stories and he's great. And then the other ones are all like funny guys. So I got Chris Farley. That's a good one. Because that would just be fun. Yeah, Chris you Farley know? was a great one. Yeah. And then I've got Norm McDonald because oh, oh my god, can, his jokes are just so R. P. Farley. 
I know, but he's been dead. Norm's like a little Norm's bit more, more recently. More recent, but yeah. His jokes are unbelievable. He's so great. I love Don't it. you think that you'd get a little tired of his tone, though? No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. After like an hour or two, I'd be like, all right, Norm, can you speak normally, please? The other one is a little obscure, but similar reason, which is this is, um, uh, what's his name? Bob. Einstein, I don't know if it's Einstein or Einstein. He's Funkhauser from from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's okay, also okay. dead. But Are all of yours Dave? dead? He's Super Dave. No, OJ's not OJ, dead. Is he? Yeah. Um, unbelievable jokes this guy has. I don't know if you've okay. ever heard him. Just Google Google some okay. jokes from him. They're they're just they're awesome. So okay. there's mine. That's a good list. Mm-hmm. Princess Die. Thought of her as well. LeBron, obviously. Really? I you think it. LeBron would be good okay. to have a beer with? Okay. So hear me out here because I knew I was going to yeah. get pushed back on and this again, one. Not, I just mean like he doesn't seem like a very like fun guy. I think about and, – and I don't think this is bias even though both of you may roll your eyes. What his life has been in the spotlight from call it 15 to becoming – arguably one of the best basketball players of all time. The intention behind like every decision that had to be made so early on in life is so interesting to me. Like to have the foresight to think about your legacy at that age. Now, obviously he had support. He has people around him, but like to be that young with that much, uh, again, like um, in your face, on your shoulders, whatever, however you want to think about it. And like to be where he is now is interesting beyond like how good he is at basketball, how much I love the NBA. I understand. Like, is he a little bit of a corny individual? Yeah. But like that shit is very interesting to yeah, me. Yeah. I just don't know how good of like a story you'd get from him while you're having a beer with him. What do you mean? I just don't know. I just don't know how like. You've got to assume and- that it's like. Are you calling him dumb? No, not dumb. <laughs> just not very fun. I know what you're saying, but you have to. I feel like you just have to kind of like put aside what might be reality and just assume they're all just going to be open book. And yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah, like an awesome conversation. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. might not. I mean, so you thought everybody on your list was going to be like an incredibly profound conversation? No, not profound. Because I'm not looking for profound while I'm having a beer. Just fun. <laughs> okay. So I also have Nelson Mandela. So does that not count? Oh God, no! Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Mandela. I knew Jeff would have no, would have no like, like important figures. No figures. Well, Jackie yeah. Robinson, kind oh, yeah, of. But. Yeah. Um. So Princess Di, LeBron, Nelson Mandela, Denzel. I think just learning about his life would be cool. And then Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, she was. Okay. She was on my an alternate list for me as well. Your list's okay. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, the Denzel thing. I, I, no. Why not? He's a great actor. I, he just seems very full of himself. Like, I dug deeper because <laughs> there's a lot of people I thought of, and I'm like, yeah, but, like, I, I don't know if that person would be You like, don't know any of these people yeah, personally. No, I'm judging them. I'm judging them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll make it better next time. No, it's your list. You, gotta, you, you yeah. own it. Till next time. Yeah. Thanks See for ya. listening.